Uh-huh. I know what you're thinking. Is this the booth drafting the circuits? Three-way theater or the Kevin Jackson show? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I kinda lost track myself here on Hoobazoo.com. So, do you feel lucky, punk? Oscar Mike Radio. Come in. Come in, Oscar Mike Radio. Sinister One, this is Oscar Mike. I have Ulima Charlie over. Good evening, good evening. Today is Thursday, July 13th, not Friday the 13th, 2017. And today we have episode 52 of Oscar Mike Radio. 52 episodes, 52 weeks in a year. That's right, this has been going solid for a year now. So this is the last episode of the year, and then we start a new year. But instead of starting with the question of the week, I want to take this time to... I want to think about for a minute the Marines and sailors who were killed in Mississippi when the KC-130 went down. It's a dangerous job. You don't know what's going on. It's a tragedy because it's peacetime. It doesn't appear that any kind of enemy sabotage or air-to-air combat, nothing. It just appeared to have a, a catastrophic failure and went down. And it must have happened fast because none of the crew could get out. So I just want to dedicate the first portion of this episode to the Marines and sailor who were killed and we want to remember them in our thoughts and prayers and understand again that our freedom is not free and sometimes even in peacetime I know we're engaged in Afghanistan but overall it was a a peacetime sortie mission if you will no one thought this was going to happen so again from me at Oscar Mike Radio and my production team and management team at Hubazoo and Sinister One Productions. We offer our heartfelt condolences again to the family and friends of the Marines and sailors who were killed uh, this week in Mississippi. And now we move on to the word of the week. And this is a very special episode for me one of the main things I wanted to do this year, calendar year, is focus on 
people who help veterans with PTSD. Veterans with PTSD who have found a way to overcome it. And veterans who are helping other veterans with PTSD. And I ran into on um, a day when I went down to WVBF AM 1530 in Taunton, Massachusetts. And I had the uh, pleasure of getting to sit there with the guys from South Shore News and Views and ask uh, Julie Crossman Lovely from Wild Hearts Horses for Heroes some questions about equestrian therapy. Julie started this program uh, and really has worked to make this something that veterans can benefit from. And so after the episode, I introduced myself to her. We started talking and I said, you know, I'd like to come down and, and see you in action and talk to some of the veterans and get a better understanding of what's going on. You don't hear about a, a lot of this stuff. And she said, sure. And I was even able to fast forward a little bit, get some time with the veterans after the session However, um, this is a learning process and the audio did not turn out well and I wasn't able to really salvage it. So I need to keep uh, investing in some equipment and remember my headphones. That was, uh, maybe I could have done better if I could have heard what was being recorded. But anyway, we're going to make the best of this. So... Wild Hearts Horses for Heroes is located in Bridgewater, Massachusetts. I pull up there. I'm running a couple minutes late, which irritates me, but that's okay. I, you know, I'm trying to get caught up and get my stuff set up and understand what's going on. And I got on my truck, I, I, I carry my stuff, and I'm walking toward the fence. And I, I'm watching this scene. And the only thing I can tell you about this scene is I kind of liken it to the original Karate Kid movie where uh, the guy meets Mr. Miyagi for the first time and you know he walks up and Mr. Miyagi is calmly going through his kata steps and he's at calm, he's at peace. Because what I'm watching is I'm watching this woman leading this horse around in a circle and while she's doing this she's calling out instruction to the veterans at the fence and they're watching what she's doing and she's not yelling she's not screaming at the top of her lungs there's no profanity whatsoever it's a it's a real balance of calm authoritative instruction so the horse is not distressed but neither is the veteran or person watching this and about five minutes into this I really started to feel at peace just watching the interaction between uh, Julie and the horse 
and I allowed myself to forget about the fact that my GPS took me to the wrong spot and I had this going on and that going on and I just allowed myself to watch what was going on. And I, I couldn't understand why I, I was able to do that because it was almost like I was able to unplug from everything and just focus on the animal and what was being done. And so the first veteran out there was a, a woman. And what she had to do was lead the horse in a circle. So it's this big training area. And basically she's standing in the center of it. And she's trying to get the horse to go into a complete circle. And I'm just like, wow, man, this is amazing. Because what would happen is... If the woman's shoulders dropped or if her arm went out from her side a certain way or if her vocal command wasn't exactly clear, and not only clear but also calm, the horse did not respond very well. It's only when the veteran was able to master her body and present her command in an authoritative but but peaceful way the horse began to respond and at first you could tell that you know she was getting not frustrated but this wasn't exactly a smooth natural thing to her but what happened was 10 minutes later it started happening you could tell that she was getting comfortable being there with the horse she was picking up on what the horse was doing and the horse was matching what she was doing and all of a sudden, you start seeing the horse move at a very smooth gait in a circle. And, and again, she wasn't yelling at the horse. She wasn't dragging the horse. She was simply leading the horse through commands and her body posture. And I, I was just completely taken with that. Because again, I'm not doing anything. I'm taking some pictures. I'll, ha I'll have them up on the, uh, you know, uh, post for this episode on OscarMikeRadio.com. I, I was just watching this, and, and I started really being at peace, seeing what she was doing. I was really entranced, and I really got into it. And then it was the male veteran's turn. He was a little bit older. And it was kind of the same thing, but different. He started off really, really strong, but he had a couple little cues that he missed and the horse didn't do exactly what he said, but he didn't quit. And the thing was, is while he's doing this for both of them, Julie is calling out instructions. She's not telling them how to do it. She's not, you know, making them feel stupid. She's not, you know, making fun of them but she's giving constant encouragement, but in a way that really builds your, your self-esteem to go out and do this thing. Because as Julie said, and would say later, the horse can take this person anywhere they want to go. If the horse decides not to follow the commands, you can't make it do what, it, what, what you want it to do. It has to be a connection between the animal and the trainer to allow the horse to go where you want it to go. 
And that's what I saw with uh, both of these veterans. And so they get to the end of the training session. It was about an hour, hour and a half long. It, it, it was you know, a warm day. So by the time they're done with the horse, you can tell that they're gassed. It's not really a scientific word, but you can tell that they're drained, that they've given of themselves, that they have, you know, put aside their, you know, fears and frustrations and stepped out of their shell that the PTSD has put them in and they've been able to work with the animal, but but you can tell that, that they need a break. They're done for the day. And... The best part of the whole experience was getting to talk to them after the training session. And again, I apologize for not having that audio um, presentable, but it simply wasn't salvageable. But what I did is I took my uh, mobile unit and I set it up in uh, this area. And I just had them talk to it and we got started. And if I had to do this again, what I should have done is, uh, I, well, what I need to do is I need to invest in some uh, microphones I can actually hand the person and they can talk to instead of having my unit point at them. That would have been a better solution. It will come with time. But what happened was at first, when I started talking to them after the session, we all sat in a semicircle was at first they were very, very uncomfortable. They were agitated. They were very leery about talking to me. I was going to ask them some very personal questions. I was going to ask them some questions that they might not be prepared to answer. And I wanted to be respectful. And you know, I didn't I, I didn't know Julie that well, but I had tried to communicate to her that I, I really you know, I have talked to some veterans with PTSD before. I've worked with homeless veterans. I'll be respectful. If this doesn't work out, it's fine. And at first, they did not want to open up to me, and that, that was fine. But I just tried to make them comfortable. I tried to get them to laugh. I asked them how they were doing. And 10, 15 minutes later, we started being able to have a, a, a real conversation and they both told me their stories of their service. They both told me about their um, battle with PTSD and why it was a problem. And they both told me they, they got to a point in their lives where they knew they had to do something. And in these veterans case, it was a, it was a, it was a combination of family members and counseling that got them turned on to this equestrian program. And while we were there, Julie told her own story about, you know, her past that got her started with this and how she used horses to help her and how she thought she could use horses to help veterans. She went over the difference between equestrian therapy and working with dogs and how the two animals are very, very different. And we started being able to really open up and relax and talk. And I, I really appreciated what they were able to tell me. 
how they told me, and this is the best part of my day, how when they're doing this with Julie and the horses, they're completely at peace to the point where they won't even take their meds that day. They don't need them working with these horses, and they know that if they could work with them, you know, seven days a week, they'd be fine. The horse is non-judgmental. The horse doesn't yell at them. The horse doesn't curse at them. The horse doesn't ignore them because those horses are very in tune to what that person's doing at that time. And so working with the horse builds their confidence. It restores their self-esteem and it allows them to connect with something bigger than themselves. And I was just taken aback, you know, how these two veterans were in this fight for, you know, their lives. And they understood what was at stake and and that they didn't miss any of their training appointments. And they didn't, uh, you know, feel like they were being forced to do this. And they wanted to come. They wanted to attend their training. They wanted to see the program work. And... When you communicate with somebody on that level, it it leaves an impression upon you. And I know there's a lot of uh, orgs out there that do other kinds of work, and they get a lot of national recognition and international recognition and, you know, all these awards or whatever. But it just seems to me that kind of like the, the people who, you know, help the Justice for Huey folks get going, something as, I wouldn't say ordinary, but, but someone understanding that a horse can help somebody else out and developing a program for that was just a really humbling experience to be a part of, even for a short amount of time. And and so we closed down. I got about you know a good you know twenty or twenty five minutes, and then it was you could tell it's time to shut this down. That was fine. Julie was excited to hear about, you know, the podcast and what I was doing and so I could come back, which I was very happy about. And I just had a really, really good time doing this one. And technical issues aside, you know, those can be fixed, you know, going forward. I know what to do to improve my process. I, I would encourage anyone to go to the website, which I will have in the blog post. And... You know, go to the Facebook page, Wild Hearts, Horses for Heroes, and check out what they're doing. They're always having something going on. They're always uh, trying to do something to uh, get people involved. And I believe they have a raffle going on right now for a $2,000 travel voucher to the Bahamas or someplace like that. So it's, it's a good cause to give money to it's nice and local if you're in the Massachusetts Rhode Island area and if, if you want to check out what they do and how they do it I, I, and you have the time I would encourage you to do so and it just I think it was fitting to end this year on this note with uh, this great organization and how it's it, it's you can see your donations are being put to work. You can understand how these horses are being used and how these veterans get a second lease on life because they were able to work with them. 
and again, you, you, you deal with so many organizations out there doing this or doing that. It's a really unique uh, place. It's a really unique uh, idea. When I say unique, it's just not being done a lot. The VA is looking at it as an alternative therapy. Uh, they're still doing their research, however long that will take. But in the meantime, there are people getting veterans to this place, and these veterans are getting uh, a chance to enjoy life and live life again. And you just can't say enough about that. So, Julie, I look forward to uh, talking to you again. I certainly enjoyed my time out there. I, I For those two hours I was out at uh, your place in Bridgewater, I really felt like all my cares and concerns were put away and I was able to connect not only uh, with you but with the veterans and understand what horses can do to help people with PTSD. So that is my word for the week. Thank you very much. And next week we'll be talking to Justice for Huey, hopefully, and uh, seeing what they're up to. And they're with dogs. Wild Hearts, Horses for Heroes is horses. And again, thank you for making this year the best that it can be. Pogue and Grunt are complaining about the fact that we're not bombing North Korea back to oblivion. They feel that China is just dragging their feet, that Russia is not doing enough that other countries aren't doing enough to really force North Korea to get with the program, if you will, or in their program. They're trying to launch a tactical ballistic missile from North Korea to the U.S., and they want this to stop. They just want the B-1s to go in there and start carpet bombing the place and remind the world that, you know, you don't mess with the U.S., And I reminded both of them that, hey, you know, we respect, admire, and adore, and cherish General Mattis most holy. But that wasn't good enough. They're like, you know, he, he's just being held back, and we should attack, attack, attack right now. And I'm like, well, I, I hear what you're saying, but come on. So they're not happy that there's not more authoritative action being taken. My point is we should let the diplomatic process work before putting one shell on the ground or one boot on the ground in North Korea and get ourselves into another quagmire. But they're complaining, which means they're happy, and that is their complaint of the week. Uh, my unit shout out, I, I really don't have uh, one this week. I, I do want to send a shout out to the, in, in my view, I really got a hand to the New York uh, Police Department for protesting at the funeral of the officer that was assassinated last week. They didn't like the fact that uh, they feel that Bill de Blasio doesn't support them. And I thought they had a lot of stones to turn their backs on him when he approached the podium. I am a huge supporter of law enforcement. I have friends and family in law enforcement. 
I know law enforcement gets a bad rap. I know law enforcement gets uh, has a difficult job at best. I'm not sure I can do it. And I think before we you know, throw stones at glass houses, we need to understand what policemen go through and women. That being said, yes, of course, there's some bad apples in the barrel. Absolutely. But I don't think those policemen who have not been doing their job or not being professional are an indication of how law enforcement is nationwide. So the only reason I'm mentioning it here is, again, I have a lot a lot of military friends uh, across the nation in, in either they're, they're employed right now, have been employed, or seeking employment with law enforcement. And I think what happened to that officer in New York where that guy just came up and shot her in the control van was, was terrible. And if that was one of my friends or family members, I would be absolutely devastated. So good for them for making a statement to the mayor of how they feel about his support or lack of thereof toward them. And that's that. Upcoming events, it's kind of a quiet time this time of summer. And the reason for that is uh, everybody's going on vacation. Everybody's out of town. There's no real, like, heavy-duty veterans events coming up. I think there's the stand-down in September that's locally coming up. But that's kind of a ways away. But it's kind of quiet. Everything's kind of steady state for the summer. So all I'm going to say about upcoming events, if you're out and about and see a person in uniform, you know, walk up to them, shake their hand, tell them thank you. You know, if they're uh, at a restaurant or whatever, maybe, maybe take care of their tab for them. And remember that uh, the freedoms we enjoy were paid for dearly. So that is it for episode 52. That's right. That's episode 5-2 of Oscar Mike Radio. And I'm just going to close out this uh, 52nd episode again saying thank you to everybody who has listened, everybody who has supported me, all the guests who've come on the show, Guardian Overwatch, Operation Teammate, Smitty's Kitchen, now uh, the Taco Shell, Fitzy Mess, World War II Foundation, um, the family that uh, got the um, honor flight to Washington, D.C., uh, civilians who support homeless veterans and the homeless. I could go on and on. You know, thanks for all the feedback, all the uh, putting up with my uh, text and Facebook posts about my episodes and my silly YouTube videos, the Instagram videos. I'm just trying to have fun and do something good at the same time. So that's it. This is Travis with Oscar Mike Radio. Omar out. Oscar Mike Radio, over and out. Oh
Oscar Mike Radio, do you copy? Since the one actual, I have you five by five. Anchors away, my boys, anchors away. Farewell to college joys, we sail at break of day. Oscar Mike Radio is in route. Copy that, Sinister One. Coming at you from the City of Champions, Brockton, Massachusetts. Come in, Oscar Mike Radio. Oscar Mike Radio, veteran in action, on the move, on mission, always. Off we go.